everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. Hey, everybody, welcome back to God's Plan, Your Part. Uh, today, it's just me, uh, Ryan, and we are looking at 2 Kings 24 and 25 and 2 Chronicles 36. Basically, if you've been on this journey with us for a while, uh, we are wrapping up today, 2 Kings and 2 Chronicles. We'll finish up both of those books. Uh, and the reason being that we've been reading through Jeremiah, and this is a chronological reading. So the events that have been occurring in Jeremiah are also covered in 2 Kings 24 and 25 and 2 Chronicles 36. Basically, just so you get a picture of what's going on here and how significant these couple of chapters are. Uh, God spoke to Abraham all the way back in the beginning of Genesis and told him, you don't have any children, but you're going to be the father of many nations. And that's like the first major covenant that God makes with Abraham. Abraham obviously thinks that that is crazy because he doesn't have any kids. So how could he father nations? Uh, Sarah laughs about that. But eventually they have Isaac. They make a couple mistakes along the way, but they have Isaac. We slowly capture how God is faithful to his promise um, because we see Abraham and Sarah's family become a bigger and bigger and bigger family. We fast forward to Jacob, who would have been uh, Abraham's grandson. He has quite a large family. His name gets changed to Israel. Uh, one of his family members, Joseph, is sold into slavery and carried to Egypt, which seems like a very odd thing. Uh, he is serving in Egypt for quite a long time. He starts out in prison, but ends in the palace. And there's a famine in the land, and the family of Jacob comes to Egypt, and Joseph is able to protect them and save them. And so Jacob's family ends up living in Egypt. Now, they end up in Egypt for 400 years because the Egyptians decide to enslave them. So at some point, uh, the Pharaoh doesn't really appreciate Jacob's family anymore. Uh, he wants to use Jacob's family to build whatever it is he's building. And the Israelites, the people, the descendants of Jacob, the people, the descendants of Abraham, are serving in Egypt for 400 years. Then Moses comes on the scene and he leads the people out of Egypt and they cross the Red Sea and they, they uh, miss the mark several times. And God leads them out into the wilderness so that they basically repent of their sin and of their doubt. That whole generation dies off, uh, minus a couple of guys who were faithful, and they cross into the promised land under Joshua. Now, when they cross into the promised land, they're supposed to do what God said. They're supposed to be obedient, but they are not obedient, and they let several of the people uh, just continue living in the promised land and worshiping all these false gods. God tells the people that this is going to be a snare to you. It is not going to be good for you to be around all these false gods because these idols are going to be tempting to you and they are going to cause you to fall. Um, we enter into the period of Judges and it's very dark. If you want to hear how dark it is, you can go back and listen to some of those episodes that we've done. But the period of Judges is a terrible time where everybody does what is right in their own eyes. And the stories just kind of spiral further and further and further down because the people are more and more disobedient. And eventually, uh, the people beg for a king to unite Israel. And Saul comes on the scene, King Saul. Uh, he has everything you think a king should have, except he is not faithful to the Lord. So we watch Saul um, 
do kind of good at first and just slowly fail. And then David comes on the scene. David is a man after God's own heart. Uh, David is anointed as king. He's on the run because Saul's trying to kill him. And eventually David becomes king over all of Israel. And this is seen as a very good thing. We finally have a united kingdom of Israel uh, that is walking out the plans that God has for them. It seems like a great time. Uh, David has some faults. (laughs) He makes a couple of sins. Uh, He repents of his sins when he's confronted by the prophets. Um, So David goes down in history as a pretty good king that united Israel. Uh, His son Solomon comes up and starts to lead Israel. The problem with Solomon is that he allows his many wives from many nations uh, to carry his heart away from God. And when Solomon finishes up reigning, uh, basically Israel gets split into two nations. We have the northern kingdom of Israel, the southern kingdom of Judah, and we come into this period of the the split divided kingdom in Israel, which is what we've been reading about in Kings and Chronicles. There's many kings in Israel. There's many kings in Judah. There's many prophets in Israel. There's many prophets in Judah. But the overall narrative is that the people are not obedient to the Lord. You get some bright spots here and there, um, but overall, the, the people are drawn away from the Lord. And so the northern kingdom of Israel is judged and carried into exile in 722 by the Assyrian Empire. And now today, as we're reading, we see that the kingdom of Judah is finally brought to an end in 586, uh, when the temple is destroyed and the people are carried off into exile. All of this because they chose not to be obedient to the Lord. They chose to rebel against God. They chose to resist his plans and his purposes. Uh, They worshiped many other gods. Sometimes they continued to worship God, uh, but also in this like greater pantheon of many gods. And so God gives them up to judgment. And what's really interesting in these readings is that Nebuchadnezzar is used as God's instrument. Um, The Egyptians are used as God's instrument. And finally, at the end of 2 Chronicles 36, uh, King Cyrus, the king of the Persians, is used as God's instrument. So one of the things that we see overall is that God is sovereign over all creation and all nations because he is bringing about the things that he desires. He says uh, that he will make Abraham into a giant nation. He does exactly that. He says Uh, That If the people are disobedient, they will be carried off into exile. That's revealed in Deuteronomy through Moses. And we see here through 2 Kings and 2 Chronicles that the people have not been obedient. And so they come under the cursings of those passages in Deuteronomy and they are carried off and they are judged. So God does that. God chooses to use Nebuchadnezzar to do that. Uh, Jeremiah has been revealing, as we've been reading through Jeremiah, that the people of of the nation would be restored, that they'd be able to come back home. And we see that God moves in Cyrus's heart uh, to allow the people of Israel and Judah to come home. Now, that those nations look very different when they do come back. Uh, The temple that they build is kind of the janky, not as good as the first temple. Um, But God moves in the hearts and the minds of many different people across the scope of this huge story to bring about what he desires. The other strange thing is that he also gives people the freedom to make choices as they go. It certainly was not God's will uh, that the Israelites, the people of Judah, the kings, uh, that they would be disobedient to him. 
So he gave them this this level of choice where they could serve him or not. And consistently people fail and choose to serve other gods and move away from God. And so we see this story come to a close. What's really interesting, this is obviously not the end of the story, uh, but it is the end of the period of time where these two kingdoms, this one kingdom of Israel is present on the earth. Uh, Things change in a significant way. And because of that, uh, it seems like a dark time in history. It kind of strikes people as, hey, th- like these were God's kings and priests. These were God's representatives. And now they've been wiped out from the face of the earth. How is God going to continue to move? And that's what's so interesting about God using Nebuchadnezzar and God using Cyrus. So I guess it's not often that I just give you like a long sweeping summary of what we've read. Um, basically, I was trying to cover uh, Genesis to Second Chronicles. Um, but I'm hoping you get a big picture feel for what has been happening as we've been reading. I think sometimes it's good to kind of like pop our heads out of where we're reading and just see what's going going on in the grander narrative. Um, it's it's kind of a bummer. It's kind of a bummer that God judges these nations and these nations are utterly destroyed and carried off. So what what's the takeaway from today? Uh, the takeaway is God was always in control in all of these situations. So does it seem like a dark time? Yes, it does. It uh, definitely does. And God is still in control. That's that's what's so wild. And so my encouragement to you today is if you are struggling, if you are dealing with something difficult, maybe you know, maybe you think over the, the grand sweeping narrative of your life. You can remember the high times. You can remember the low times. You can remember when God was really faithful to you, when you were really faithful to God. Uh, but you can also remember, or maybe you're going through right now, a really, really difficult time. I just want to encourage you uh, that God is still in control. And when you're obedient to God, you are walking in his will and in his plan. So if you're dealing with a difficult time in your life and you're not being obedient with God, man, he is gracious. He is merciful. He's long suffering. Repent of your sin and come back to the Lord and enjoy relationship with him. And if you're going through a difficult time and you are following the Lord, you are obedient. You're like, man, what the heck? Like, I I am doing what God says and still my life is hard. Uh, Remain faithful that he is in control. He sees you. He knows you. He has compassion for you. Stay faithful to him and trust that he will bring you through it. I think about what we've been reading about Jeremiah. Uh, He has gone through some very, very difficult, dark times. God said he would not be carried into exile. And then he was partially carried into exile. And all of a sudden, the people realized that he was not supposed to be uh, with all the captives, so they let him go. So you think about what was going through his mind. Uh, I'm sure he had doubts about God. I'm sure he had frustrations about God. And yet God proved to be faithful to him. So just like God was faithful to Jeremiah, just like God was faithful to his promises, uh, God will be faithful to you. So have faith and trust and hope in him, and he will carry you through. We'll be back again tomorrow. See you then. Thanks so much for listening to our take today. Before we get into the reading, if we could just ask you one thing, uh, if you've been enjoying the podcast, if you could subscribe to us and then leave a rating and review, we'd love to hear from you. And every rating we get helps us reach more people. Ultimately, we're just trying to reach people with the truth of God's word and your review will help us do that. So thanks so much for being invested in the podcast. Here's the reading for today. Second Kings chapter 24. In his days, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came up, and Jehoiakim became his servant for three years. Then he turned and rebelled against him, 
And the Lord sent against him bands of the Chaldeans, and bands of the Syrians, and bands of the Moabites, and bands of the Ammonites, and sent them against Judah to destroy it, according to the word of the Lord that he spoke by his servants the prophets. Surely this came upon Judah at the command of the Lord, to remove them out of his sight, for the sins of Manasseh, according to all that he had done, and also the innocent blood that he had shed. For he filled Jerusalem with innocent blood, and the Lord would not pardon. Now the rest of the deeds of Jehoiakim and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Judah? So Jehoiakim slept with his fathers, and Jehoiachin, his son, reigned in his place. And the king of Egypt did not come again out of his land, for the king of Babylon had taken all that belonged to the king of Egypt from the brook of Egypt to the river Euphrates. Jehoiachin was eighteen years old when he became king, and he reigned three months in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Nehushta, the daughter of Elnathan of Jerusalem, and he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father had done. At that time the servants of Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon came to Jerusalem, and the city was besieged. And Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon came to the city while the servants were besieging it. And Jehoiachin the king of Judah gave himself up to the king of Babylon himself, and his mother, and his servants, and his officials, and his palace officials. The king of Babylon took him prisoner in the eighth year of his reign, and carried off all the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king's house, and cut in pieces all the vessels of gold in the temple of the Lord, which Solomon king of Israel had made. As the Lord had foretold, he carried away all Jerusalem and all the officials and all the mighty men of valor, ten thousand captives, and all the craftsmen and smiths. None remained except the poorest people in the land, and he carried away Jehoiachin to Babylon. The king's mother, the king's wives, his officials, and the chief men of the land he took into captivity from Jerusalem to Babylon. And the king of Babylon brought captive to Babylon all the men of valor, seven thousand, and the craftsmen and the metal workers, one thousand, all of them strong and fit for war. And the king of Babylon made Mataniah, Jehoiachin's uncle, king in his place, and changed his name to Zedekiah. Zedekiah was twenty-one years old when he became king, and he reigned eleven years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Hamultal, the daughter of Jeremiah of Libna, and he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, according to all that Jehoiakim had done. For because of the anger of the Lord it came to the point in Jerusalem and Judah that he cast them out from his presence, and Zedekiah rebelled against the king of Babylon. Chapter 25 And in the ninth year of his reign, in the tenth month of the tenth day of the month, Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon came with all his army against Jerusalem and laid siege to it. And they built siege works all around it, so that the city was besieged till the eleventh year of King Zedekiah. On the ninth day of the fourth month, the famine was so severe in the city that there was no food for the people in the land. Then a breach was made in the city, and all the men of war fled by night by the way of the gate between the two walls by the king's garden. And the Chaldeans were around the city, and they went in the direction of Arabah. But the army of the Chaldeans pursued the king and overtook him in the plains of Jericho, and all his army was scattered from him. Then they captured the kings and brought him up to the king of Babylon at Riblah, and they passed sentence on him. They slaughtered the sons of Zedekiah before his eyes, and put out the eyes of Zedekiah, and bound him in chains, and took him to Babylon. In the fifth month, on the seventh day of the month, that was the nineteenth year of King Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, Nebuzaradan, the captain of the bodyguard, a servant of the king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem, and he burned the house of the Lord, and the king's house, and all the houses of Jerusalem. Every great house he burned down, 
And all the army of the Chaldeans who were with the captain of the guard broke down the walls around Jerusalem. And the rest of the people who were left in the city and the deserters who had deserted to the king of Babylon, together with the rest of the multitude, Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, carried into exile. But the captain of the guard left some of the poorest of the land to be vine dressers and plowmen. And the pillars of bronze that were in the house of the Lord and the stands of bronze sea that were in the house of the Lord, the Chaldeans broke in pieces and carried the bronze to Babylon. And they took away the pots and the shovels and the snuffers and the dishes for incense and all the vessels of bronze used in the temple service, the fire pans also and the bowls. What was of gold the captain of the guard took away as gold and what was of silver as silver. As for the two pillars, the one sea and the stands that Solomon had made for the house of the Lord, the bronze of all the vessels was beyond weight. The height of the one pillar was 18 cubits and on it was a capital of bronze. The height of the capital was three cubits, a lattice work of pomegranates of all bronze were all around the capital, and the second pillar had the same with the lattice work. And the captain of the guard took Sariah the chief priest, and Zephaniah the second priest, and the three keepers of the threshold. And from the city he took an officer who had been in command of the men of war, and five men of the king's council who were found in the city, and the secretary of the commander of the army who mustered the people of the land. And sixty men of the people of the land were found in the city. And Nebuzaradan the captain of the guard took them and brought them to the king of Babylon at Riblah. And the king of Babylon struck them down and put them to death at Riblah in the land of Hamath. So Judah was taken into exile out of its land. And over the people who remained in the land of Judah, whom Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, had left, he appointed Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, the son of Shaphan, the governor. Now when all the captains and all their men heard the king of Babylon had appointed Gedaliah, the governor, they came with their men to Gedaliah at Mizpah, namely Ishmael, the son of Netaniah, and Johanan, the son of Kareah, and Sariah the son of Tehumath the Nephathite, and Jezaniah the son of Machathite. And Gedaliah swore to them and to their men, saying, Do not be afraid because of the Chaldean officials. Live in the land and serve the king of Babylon, and it shall be well with you. But in the seventh month Ishmael the son of Nethaniah, the son of Eleshema, the royal guard, came with ten men and struck down Gedaliah, and put him to death along with the Jews and the Chaldeans who were with him at Mizpah. Then all the people, both small and great, and the captains of the forces, arose and went to Egypt, for they were all afraid of the Chaldeans. And in the thirty-seventh year of the exile of Jehoiachin king of Judah, in the twelfth month, on the twenty-seventh day of the month, Evil Merodach the king of Babylon, in the year that he began to reign, graciously freed Jehoiachin king of Judah from prison. And he spoke kindly to him, and gave him a seat above the seats of the kings who were with him in Babylon. So Jehoiachin put off his prison garments, and every day of his life he dined regularly at the king's table. And for his allowance, a regular allowance was given him by the king, according to his daily needs, as long as he lived. Second Chronicles chapter 36 The people of the land took Jehoahaz the son of Josiah and made him king in the father's place in Jerusalem. Jehoahaz was twenty-three years old when he began to reign, and he reigned three months in Jerusalem. Then the king of Egypt deposed him in Jerusalem and laid on the land a tribute of a hundred talents of silver and a talent of gold. And the king of Egypt made Eliakim his brother king over Judah and Jerusalem, and changed his name to Jehoiakim. But Necho knew that Jehoahaz his brother and carried him to Egypt. Jehoiakim was twenty-five years old when he began to reign, and he reigned eleven years in Jerusalem. He did what was evil in the sight of the Lord his God. Against him came up Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon and bound him in chains and took him to Babylon. 
Nebuchadnezzar also carried part of the vessels of the house of the Lord to Babylon, and put them in his place in Babylon. Now the rest of the acts of Jehoiakim, and the abominations that he did, and what was found against him, behold, they are written in the book of the kings of Israel and Judah, and Jehoiachin his son reigned in his place. Jehoiachin was eighteen years old when he became king, and he reigned three months and ten days in Jerusalem. He did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, in the spring of the year of King Nebuchadnezzar sent and brought him to Babylon, with the precious vessels of the house of the Lord, and made his brother Zedekiah king over Jerusalem and Judah. Zedekiah was twenty-one years old when he began to reign, and he reigned eleven years in Jerusalem. He did what was evil in the sight of the Lord his God. He did not humble himself before Jeremiah the prophet, who spoke from the mouth of the Lord. He also rebelled against King Nebuchadnezzar, who had made him swear by God. He stiffened his neck and hardened his heart against turning to the Lord, the God of Israel. All the officers of the priests and all the people likewise were exceedingly unfaithful, following all the abominations of the nations. And they polluted the house of the Lord that he had made holy in Jerusalem. The Lord, the God of their fathers, sent persistently to them by his messengers, because he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. But they kept mocking the messengers of God, despising his words and scoffing at his prophets, until the wrath of the Lord rose against his people, until there was no remedy. Therefore he brought up against them the king of the Chaldeans, who killed their young men with the sword in the house of the sanctuary, and had no compassion on young man or virgin, old man or aged. He gave them all into his hand, and all the vessels of the house of God, great and small, and all the treasures of the house of the Lord, and the treasures of the king and of his princes. All these he brought to Babylon, and they burned the house of God, and broke down the wall of Jerusalem, and burned all its palaces with fire, and destroyed all its precious vessels. He took into exile in Babylon all those who had escaped from the sword, and they became servants to him and to his sons until the establishment of the kingdom of Persia, to fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah, until the land had enjoyed its Sabbaths. All the days that it lay desolate, it kept Sabbath, to fulfill seventy years. Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, so that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom, and also put it in writing. Thus says Cyrus, king of Persia, The Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he has charged me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Whoever is among you of all his people, may the Lord his God be with him. Let him go up. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.